0: We recording this a one day removed from the 30-13 to 13 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. I think the most important takeaway from this game was on the defensive side of the ball. So let's go ahead and start right there. Um, speaking for myself, I know I've been giving Eberflus a lot of credit for the way he's turned his defense around after he took over as D.C. Uh, after uh, – I believe it was in week two. Um, They took a massive step in the opposite direction because they were looking pretty awful. But after this game, Herbert completed his first 15 passes. I think on the way there were three touchdowns, 90 passing yard performance. Uh, We allowed him to convert on third down like more than 50% of the time. I think what the biggest issue on the defensive side of the ball was the tackling or lack thereof, in my opinion. How did you see it,
1: Um, There wasn't good tackling. There wasn't anything good on the defensive end. They were missing both uh, safeties. I guess Risker finally went to that 10 and never came back out. Um, Eddie was gone. So I think uh, Ronnie uh, uh, Harmon or – Duran he started, and Elijah Hicks started, so another undermanned effort, but uh, no, we have no answer for Herbert. The, the, the secondary looks like they couldn't communicate well, but that's expected. You have both starting in safety style, so no, the defense didn't look good at all.
0: Not at all. Um, minor note, well, not a minor note, but a note on Brister. They said he is the concussion-like symptoms. I think he definitely did have a concussion. Uh, yeah, that's why he was pretty much uh, done for for that game. Uh, going back to the defense thing, uh, the hit principle. Well, they just didn't bring that with them to L.A., I guess.
1: Yeah, Ibra Flusa was talking about the, uh, the lack of hustle, the la- lack of intensity, and that's crazy to me that you built the foundation of this team based on hustle intensity uh, and takeaways. I don't. Is, is hustle intensity takeaways? What's What's the last that's for? Uh, I don't even remember. Uh, uh, sacrifice. Um. W- w- whatever it is, sucking probably. Probably sucking. Yes, they do that. There's no hustle in intensity. Um, the big tight end, Parham, just was 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 little buoyant people the entire game, just stiff-arming. It, it looked like an uncle out there, your drunk uncle at the cookout, that, that grabs football and, and, and relives his high school junior varsity glory days of pushing around his 9-year, 10-year-old nephews. That's what it looked like. hmm
0: That's exactly what. That's exactly how I felt. We were, just getting, <coughs> we were just getting, treated like little boys out there. Yeah, definitely have that. It, it, it was, it was really demoralizing. Like from, from the, from the coin flip. Uh, really, even when the game wasn't even out of, out of the, league, the, the Chargers got up to a 14 nothing lead. And if you've been watching the Chargers all season, a 14 nothing lead for them is nothing. They choked that up like, like anything. But it felt insurmountable for us. And that, that's just that's just where we are with this offense, and as we already said, the defense had no answers, and the offense just we we couldn't be we can't be relied on to move ball consistently. Speaking of the offense, Tyson Badgett, second career start, twenty-five of thirty-seven for two hundred thirty-two yards, two exceptions. Um, some of some downs. I think a lot of times he looked like a rookie in this game. He looked like a backup player. But he, that's not to say that he didn't make some plays. There were some beautiful passes he, uh, he did complete. And some of them were not complete. And we can talk about that very shortly. But the first play of the game, 41-yard 40, pass to Daniel Mooney, was, was right on the money. Some people believe, you know, without a, uh, without the ref interference, that could have been a touchdown. Um, I'm just, I'm just flat out asked what what were the positives and what were the negatives from, uh, Badgett's second start?
1: Um, there wasn't a lot of positives overall for the team. I thought, uh, I thought he was aggressive. Uh, as you saw that 41 yard play to start the game, he took a shot deep. Um, he was accurate again on a lot of his short and medium throws. However, um, you saw the issues with ability and arm talent. You know, he threw a couple picks. He really could have threw about four picks. There were just throws that were down the field that weren't on target. The Chargers absolutely challenged him. You saw they went man early on that uh, play where Mooney um, beat Samuel Jr. That was they were in man coverage. Uh, they they really wanted to force Beason to throw deep, and um, they did, and he, he he struggled. He struggled with it. And I also said uh, in the last podcast, I want to see him uh, – well, I said uh, I cautions about the people who were, you know, calling Bayesian the, the next Purdy or saying he should start the rest of the year. Uh, it's real easy – to succeed when you're going against a Raiders team that is a mess defensively. Uh, and just called an awful game. Uh, their, their, their defense, for a team that was playing a backup quarterback, they weren't aggressive. They didn't blitz a lot. They stayed in a soft uh, zone and allowed Bajan to throw underneath. So this game, you got to see him play from behind uh, with the running game not rolling. So you you... You got to see why Baygent was undrafted. And that's not to say he can't have a, a, a lengthy career in the NFL um, or be a productive player. But I, I think Bears fans and field taters, they they really got to slow down on proclaiming Baygent the the starter for the rest of the year or or up next. There's, there's been a thing in Chicago, like I said, for, for years where we fall in love with the back quarterback. I've seen this movie way too many times. And, it's
0: failed at the time. I'll be the first to tell you. I'll admit, I am I'm not one of those people that they know it all. Whatever, I don't really understand uh, how to grade whether or not someone's got a strong arm. Um, I, I remember growing up, people were telling me Jeff George, Jay Cutler, they had the best arms. They can make all the throws, but the only thing I can remember, they making the throws to the wrong team or throwing the ball where it did not belong. Um in fact, I remember coming into this a recent draft the the, the draft class of Deshaun Watson. I remember them telling I remember them saying he didn't have a strong arm. And uh, if, if there's nothing else we know about Deshaun Watson, that man in the offseason be strengthening his arm. Like we we understand that he get he he's gonna his arm is strong stronger than most people. Um so I'll tell you, I mean, I don't really understand. Uh, it's not something that I that I that I have uh, in spades. I I, w- I would readily admit that. Um, so I'm not going to even BS you about about being the best gauge of uh, bar But I will say this about Tyler Badger. just in terms of zip and and putting a lot of air on the ball at times, even the velocity, it just what it just didn't look the way that I I'm accustomed to seeing from a, a starting quarterback. It was a lot of air. We could talk about this right now. We was going to get to it at some point. The throw to um, It should have been a touchdown. I'm not going I'm not to let Tyson off, I'm not let Velas off the hook. That should have been a touchdown. No, but it was a lot of air on that ball. Yeah,
1: it was. There's one thing I even uh, noticed in preseason. Uh, you spoke on velocity, the zip on the passes, even on the short passes. They hang. They take a long time to get there. I know you spoke on not understanding or mm-hmm. or um, not being an expert on arm strength, but I mean, lot, every NFL quarterback can launch the ball fifty yards down the field. But it's those throws, fifteen yards down the field. How fast are they going to get there? Are they going to get there on a the rope? Are they going right. to air under them? So, I, I I think that's one of the other measures of arm strength. But uh,
0: proceed. yeah most uh, the untrained I would say, oh yeah well he made got the pass down there yeah, he did, but he got it, it got it there quicker the defense can't can't respond can't react as fast as they could and, and just talking about the velas throw the de- Velas had the defense beat by about seven yards I mean, he was wide open and if the ball was a, l- was a little bit tighter on a, a, on a better rope Maybe he doesn't trip and fall over uh, by the turf monster don't trip him. Maybe. Maybe Um, he can just, you know, catch it.
1: I can't give Velas any pass on that. As an NFL receiver, you're wide open. Even if you had to slow down for the ball, you should be able to adjust. There's nobody around you made the catch. I mean, the man fell on his ass, and the ball still hit him in the chest plate, and he still Why is Velas still on his team? What the game quality does Vilas have? I mean, some nice, exciting 27-yard returns, bringing the ball out from the end zone, to bring it to the 25. This is an indictment on Ryan Foles' evaluation as a draft To me, I mean, you can't pick a Velas in a third round. Everybody has their misses. This is a bad miss. There is too much talent. There is too much money on the board to be wasting it on a third-round, 30-year-old rookie who transferred – uh, uh, in college, because he wasn't getting enough time, ended up in Tennessee. Didn't like the world on fire, but had a had a strong final year at Tennessee. Uh, yeah, the, the the Vila Jones thing is infuriating, and I almost I don't want to bring this up, bring this guy's name up because we finally got rid of this nightmare. But Vila Jones is almost frustrated as Chase Claypool. I mean, he he got a better <laughs> attitude, but th- there's absolutely no way that you don't make that catch i i i I understand the reservations about the uh bayon's arm in that scenario but but vilas shame on you call yourself an nfl receiver Devin hester would have made that catch a Mm. guy that converted from kick return to the wide receiver say what you want about Devin, he'd have made that catch
0: Speaking of uh, Chase Claypool, I want to take a sidebar real fast. Um, a, a stat was brought to my attention at, at, at a little, a few days ago. Um, the Bears are now two and two since they traded um, Claypool. They were zero and thirteen with them. The Dolphins were five and one before they got to them, and now they're they're one one. The Steelers were two and six with them last season, and they're eleven and five since. But to smoke this fire, I just want to put that out there, just just for a uh, consumption sake. But back to Vivas, there is always some type of misfortune following him when he's on the field. I I don't get it, man. If if he's dropping dropping touchdowns or getting that 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 uh uh interference call he had on the, uh, on, the on the return, it, it's just always something. I, he's his time is ran out. It's time to prove that he's. He's a worthy pick, or just a just a flat out football player for the for the Chicago Bears. That time is up. Yeah. I'm sorry, bro. It is time to cut your losses hey, again. Pose. Uh, we had this conversation again, and you just you brought it up with Chase Claypool. Another time, he has to cut his losses In uh, the same position, wide receiver. And this is exactly why I, I keep telling everybody when they're like, "Man, we got to go." Caleb and Marvin Jr. in the draft, like no, don't let Pose draft another wide receiver early. He, he's not to be trusted. Don't let him do it.
1: I think Marvin is a generational talent. I don't think anybody can mess that one up or fail that. That's 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 a pretty fail-safe pick. It's when you get to the other guys in the draft for receiver is where I'm not trusting Pose and his evaluation. I mean they're. they're Marvin, Marvin is Marvin is Marvin. That's the that's the generation of talent. Um, he's 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 gonna sell wherever he ends up. But if we don't end up with a Marvin, I I ooh, I shudder to think what is gonna catch Poe's eyes because, man, the 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 Claypool thing was a hair scratcher to me. I mean, that was the guy that was slipping down the the depth chart in Pittsburgh. Uh, and not playing well, and we sent a second-round pick for him. The Vila Jones one was a head scratcher. I mean, tremendous athlete, production in college, and and then he was you know a twenty-four-year-old rookie. So <sighs> um, DJ Moore was a good acquisition, though. But other than that, um, most of most of acquisitions of receiver have been brutal. I mean, haven't even been productive. Byron Kringle, Aquamia St. Brown, Dante Pez. Now I know all these guys were not brought here to log major snaps at wide receiver, but none of those guys, you would think, if you take, if you throw the darts and kick the tires on three free agents, you would think one of them would have some type of impact at that position. I mean, none of them panned out.
0: I've been ignoring any and all super narratives for T-Bag from certain segments of the fan base. But the national call from Collinsworth and Tariko definitely ain't let me continue with continue being keeping my head in the sand. Um they were steady talking about, I don't know if you heard it, uh, I think it was in the third quarter. They were steady talking about what the fields can learn from badges talking about what gets he told them about what they want fields to study badger. Uh, I, I got the clip. I'm gonna go ahead and play it.
1: Getsy spent seven of the last eight seasons in Green Bay. The quarterbacks, the wide receivers and
2: around Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. And here he is the OC for Chicago for the second year. Yeah, and we were talking to him about Bajan and I said, well, what did you see? And he just, he said, it was the energy that radiates from the guy. And it's not like some made up stuff. It's just, they respect him and the way he approaches the game. I I know what they're going to do with this game. These couple of games, however long Bajan stays as starting quarterback, they're going to have Justin Fields study this guy. They're going to go, you know, this is kind of some of the stuff we want to see out of our offense when you're playing here. 34 foreman inside for about four yards so what, what would you say if you were sitting down with fields watching these two games what would you show them? yeah just some of the timing of those throws because there's nobody that's going to play the quarterback position in Chicago that's going to be able to be anywhere close to him and the gifts that he has physically. But what you can't do, it's not just the interceptions, it's the fumbles. It's the time that you hold it past three seconds, somebody knocks the ball out of your hand. Those are the plays that begin to add up and they don't have the kind of team that can overcome mistakes at the quarterback position.
0: Dudes, inflame the fan base more talking about, oh yeah, um, fields can, the office is being ran perfectly under by by Teabag, and Fields can learn a thing or two. That annoys me to no end. I'm not, I, I'm not even trying to say that you can't learn things from for most things in life. You you can learn from watching anybody, and anything. But the idea that that Justin long ter- Justin's long term viability on this team, hinders or um. Better word could be improved from watching somebody that was undrafted. That's a little bit that's a little bit crazy to me.
1: That that that's that's crazy, insulting that you would insinuate a guy who hasn't even coming into the game hadn't even had a three hundred yard game and had one career passing touchdown and insinuate. That fields can learn some from the fields is the guy that we the last time we saw him had a pair, well, during full starts, had two um uh, had back to back four touchdown performances. Um yeah, that that that's ridiculous. I don't know if Chris Collinsworth was was searching for a story or was filling up airtime or embellishing, but also shame on the Bears staff if that's what they you know told him that. Getzy. Fields can learn from the shame on Um, uh, if that's what he did. And it sounds like Getze is trying to save his own rear end. Hey, my offense works. It's it's the quarterback. You know, let me save my ass and save my reputation in NFL circles. Um, maybe that was Getze's way of firing back at Justin for Justin's – um. Insinuation that coaching had him playing robotic. I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, when there's bad teams, there's always going to be sniping in the locker room behind scenes. And that, that that's what it sounds like to me. Sounds like getsy may be trying to save himself and, and put the blame on the quarterback for not operating the offense. Well, joke's on you. Maybe the offense isn't operatable, or maybe you're not as – Maybe you're not the 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 coordinator, the quarterback whisperer you thought you were.
0: He ain't never proved it. I mean, who, he he coached Aaron Rodgers Ooh. prior to coming to Chicago. Aaron Rodgers was already a Hall of Famer well before, you and Aaron before or, well before Gats even showed up. Um, if he's the quarterback whisperer and you got a. Uh, uh, a player like Justin who breaks the mold. You couldn't and you couldn't whisper nothing in his ear. You couldn't make him make him anything whatever. You couldn't make him successful whether it be in your eyes or anybody else's eyes. That's a that that's on you. It's a it's it's primarily your fault. And we've seen his offense. we His offense uh uh on the game on the game side, we've seen his offense on all 22. His offense ain't ain't complicated. His offense isn't you know, burning, burning the world, putting the world on fire, and it definitely isn't super inventive. So, if he is trying to throw dust on the bus, saying, "Hey, you know, I, uh, I did all I can do. The, the, quarterback just ain't it." Nah, bro. I had, I, I had better. I, I call it better plays. I had better combinations at recess in sixth grade. I, I was, I was doing better, better than what you was putting out there. So I don't even want to hear it.
1: Yeah, that, that that that's just that that that's ludicrous. Uh, I really hope that report, like I said, I really hope that report is embellished. That that that's crazy to insinuate Justin is can learn something from Beijing or that Beijing is tutoring uh, uh, Justin.
0: Tutoring Justin. <laughs> Justin played in Big Ten, the premier conference in the nation, Beijing played a Shepherd. I don't know where Shepherd is, even though they talked about it ad nauseum. Uh, yeah, I don't know what guess. it is. Uh, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. I'm, I'm sick of the narrative, coming from Bears fans, coming from the national media. They, they want this thing to be a thing. They want it so bad. That is that it that they yeah cut their nose despite their own face and they need to knock it off and I'm not even saying justin's the answer because I think the 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 writings on the wall that justin justin's time with the bears is is he's probably got about twelve months left, but Tyson' definitely the answer either
1: no um no and um. As a Bears fan, it's just disheartening to keep the musical chairs at quarterback. You know, every few years we're either trading for a guy, drafting for a guy, signing somebody's, uh, or trading for somebody's retread quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like fan base just has angst. So, I mean, we we like I said before, I, I've seen this for years. I mean, I've seen. The Jim Harbaugh's being called the answer, the Kramers, the Steve Walsh's, the Shane Matthews, every every backup quarterback in Chicago has excitement. It, it, it's crazy because in other cities where they are used to, you know, standard NFL quarterback play, they dread the backup coming in. You know, Minnesota is mourning Kirk Cousins, Achilles. In New York, they're mourning. Rogers Achilles. Um, mm-hmm. All these NFL cities, you know, they're they're behind their starting quarterback. Chicago always looks at that backup as, as as the hope, <laughs> <laughs> as if it's going to turn a franchise around.
0: So gonna you just go it? ahead and call it what it is: great white hope, great white hope.
1: Well, yeah, I was going to get to that. Uh, yeah, they're they're. they're I don't like to just accuse the fan base of judging, stereotyping, or holding uh, racial undertones, but you got to be realistic though. Um, As much as Candace Owens and some of the media pundits would tell you racism does not exist or prejudice does not exist, it's still very much here in America. Um, Even though half the quarterbacks in the NFL are now are are now black. Uh it 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 took till this, you know, past decade for this to happen. I mean you gotta remember just a few years ago, people were suggesting that Lamar Jackson, who was one of the best collegiate quarterbacks at his time in Louisville, should should convert to wide receiver. Even now to this day, mm-hmm. uh there are still and I'm not saying Justin Fields is the answer either. I, I haven't I have not reached conclusions on Justin Fields that he should or should not be the franchise quarterback for the Bears. But it's absolutely ridiculous that you still have people who suggest he should convert to running back. As if the man is not proven, he's the NFL quarterback. Those same people look at Mm Bajans behind a great running performance and a great defensive effort. And let's not forget the mess that the Raiders are and proclaim him better than Justin or that he should be the starter. It's crazy that we saw Bajan for six quarters coming into this game, and two of them were pretty brutal against the Vikings. Now he did provide a little spark; he ran for a touchdown. They got a little something going, and the Vikings shut the door on them when they really counted. But it's crazy that in six quarters of about 220 passing yards, people were ready to proclaim him as the starter in the future quarterback. Just after seeing Justin franchise records for completions, uh, throw four touchdowns and back-to-back games, something I don't think we've ever seen a big quarterback do. Never. And, yeah, so there there, there there, definitely is the 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 black and white narrative, no pun intended, and the great white hope thing. You can see it happening, though. When you got guys like Dan Happen and Rick Morrissey in the media saying it's, it's Beijing's turn. Yeah. You just uh, you wonder if you wonder if PJ Walker had experienced or replicated what Bajan did in those six quarters, if people would have been saying P J should start the remainder of the season.
0: <laughs> I tell you one thing, and in, in Baltimore they don't ever do that they don't ever do that tomorrow because you know no. What's behind Baltimore? Somebody look just like Lamar. So even when Lamar have his bad game, nobody like, you know what? Let's go ahead and put Huntley in the game. Nah. Don't don't even try it.
1: No. They they got Joe Flacco up out of that building. So <laughs> So there there's no controversy with that though.
2: No.
0: The Bears are now two and six. Coming up on our schedule in the next few weeks, we have the two teams, the two last two remaining teams with a worse record than the Bears, the one and seven Arizona Cardinals, and the one seven Carolina Panthers. It's getting getting fuzzy. I, you've been telling me for about a month. I can't even call. I can't call those wins because you never know what Bears team is going to show up. But at this point, I don't. I don't know if I want them to win. Um,
1: that Taylor Williams bowl is going to get real, real muddy. Uh, did you see the Giants just just traded Leonard Williams? Mm-hmm. They might be all in on that Taylor Williams thing. Um, you got the Bears and Panthers matching up. Um, that's a can't lose for us because somebody's got to not win. And after that game, one of our picks goes up. So, uh, I yeah. possibly, probably, <laughs> you know, Um, you got the Bears Cardinals. The, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of bad football being played early by a handful of teams. And it's just very unfortunate that one of us, one of them happens to be the Bears. Um, a little, Look at the Packers. They are showing up. They are saying, don't forget about us. Uh, we have no faith in Jordan Love. We're going to get in this Caleb thing, too. D- don't sleep on the Packers. They're yeah. right there. And Jordan has been absolutely brutal since the Bears embarrassed themselves in week one.
0: They, those same teams can sneak in to get drafting a quarterback. That's a perfect bridge situation. That's same thing for the Bears. I've, I've I've hypothesized this as well. Like, hey, we bring Justin Fields back to camp, and we draft the best quarterback on the board, and whoever wins the job wins the job. Going going right into week one, and if it just so happens to not be Justin, hopefully he looked good in preseason. We can ship him off for something something nice. If not, you know we have him until trade deadline, so he can you know bridge into the next quarterback, and then we can get in, get him off something nice. I
1: think Justin Fields' trade value is high as now and before the draft. So I don't think I would – I don't think I would – I don't think it would, it would be a viable option to take somebody top five and keep Justin on the roster. Um, however, with the Bears' situation and the way – We've had this conundrum with identifying a franchise quarterback. At this point, I'm all in favor for it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having two first round picks on the roster and 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 figuring it out from there. Of course, maybe with the Bears, we probably figure out both were busts. But um, yeah, uh, with, with the with the Packers and, and the Giants, though, uh, the way Jordan uh, Jordan Love and Daniel Jones might be the same person. I watch them all from both of them. They might be, they might be. Have have we seen them both in the same room? I'm not saying they look alike, but when you put the helmet on, in the, in the gym, they play a lot of like. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities between those two. Uh, yeah, uh, man, God, that's that's, that's frustrating to be at this point of season and still not knowing who's going to be under center for next year. I wonder what they put the o- under, the over under on, their starting quarterback next year. Right now,
0: mm, that's a good over under. That's uh, a good one. What what, what what We got the Saints coming up. We got another, uh, another version of the Great White Hope. Uh, tight. T- oh, I forget his name. Tacom Hill, yep. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill. Edit. Taysom Hill and his uh and his act to deal with uh I'm not I'm, this is not a game that interests me from a fan perspective. I'm often
1: put him in the game when the inside the 5 yard line grandpa pretty much sleeps on the bench while Taysom Hill and
0: Jumar Johnson <laughs> play tight end.
1: Um how many touchdowns does Taysom Hill get I, I, the Taysom Hill thing is frustrating because when he comes in the game And that wildcat offense that I thought was figured out in 2003 when Ricky Williams and uh, Cadillac were doing it, or Ronnie Brown, I'm sorry, Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams back in 03 with the Dolphins. I thought the league figured it out. And yet NFL defense are confused when Taysom Hill gets in the game. Can the NFL script writers not allow Taysom Hill to score two touchdowns, obvious touchdowns on us? I mean, this guy comes in. He's not the... He's he's a big guy. He's not the greatest athlete. He comes in Wildcat somewhere around a fifteen yard line (laughs) and runs to the right and somehow finds the end zone. What are the NFL writers doing? Can they write something a little better next week?
0: Let me tell you right now. If he has a if he has a nice game, you know what you know what Bear Nation is going to do.
1: Ask for to be the quarterback.
0: Ask, Ask for why why can't we get him. That's
1: what's going to happen. Wow. I remember Taysom Hill a couple of years ago um, was talking about the next team he played for wanting to have a legit job, a legit chance at quarterback. That That's done. He's just playing running back tight end quarterback.
0: Bro is like 35 years old. He's 33. He's 33. He has three touchdowns, power three. Uh three touchdowns this year. If you're not a quarterback, if you won a quarterback 10 years ago, you're not a quarterback today either.
1: The most yeah. irritating thing about Taysom Bale is probably from a fantasy perspective, because some meathead is gonna put him in a lineup against me. And he's gonna he's gonna run for about 45 yards, get an inexcusable vulture touchdown of much better players, and then have a nine-yard scamper he has have about three catches for 37 yards, and he's going to have the obligatory one or two completions and rack up 16, 17, 18 points. Then when he's back in the free agent pool, I'm going to pick him up and put him in my lineup, and he's going to get eight snaps and do nothing. <laughs> I, I, really, I really dislike Jason Hill.
0: <laughs> I really dislike that man. I don't understand. I, I don't. I don't understand what's going on here, man. All right. So, episode forty-two. Catch us next time for the game preview: Bears versus Saints, coming up on November fifth, week nine. Uh, don't, try, don't try. You know, cheer this team onto to a win, maybe, possibly, probably not.
1: Bear down. Bear down.